0: What's up, and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes you hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, dogma, catechesis, evangelization, and the list goes on and on and on. I will then sit with your questions, I will pray with them, and hopefully I will respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. If you are a first-time listener, I want to encourage you to receive this truth from me. I'm not perfect. Therefore, the advice that I'm going to share on this podcast might not actually be good for you. If that's the case, reject whatever it is that I say. that does not help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. But if my advice is helpful and difficult then i want to encourage you to lean into god in prayer and study and scripture and sacraments and service to the poorest of the poor so that god can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship over time also you can hit me up with your own questions at www.ascensionpress.com slash ask father josh spell out the word ask a-s-k-f-a-t-h-e-r-j-o-s-h and you can hit up your questions and comments and critiques to me on that website you can also stay connected with me through the books i've written through ascension uh, broken and blessed pocket guide to adoration and most recently pocket guide to the sacrament of reconciliation on today's show we have some amazing topics we're going to talk about uh accompanying the dying how do we accompany those loved ones who are dying i was able to recently accompany my aunt my aunt uh she passed away on sunday and I am just so grateful for the sacraments. I was able to minister the sacraments to her and prepare her for heaven. And 30 minutes after she received the last rites, she passed away. We're also going to talk about how to pray a holy hour. Whenever we are in the presence of the Eucharist, quite often we spend an hour if we have time. How do I do that? Well, and finally, we're going to talk about vanity. Vanity of vanity says Koheleth. All right. Um, wait, what's the song? Yes, so vain. mm I bet you think this song is about you, don't you? Don't you? But before we get into those awesome topics, I'm gonna share with you a glory story. All right, so my glorious story is this. As many of you know, uh, I was on silent retreat for eight days uh, with Mother Adela Galindo and the servants of the pierced Hearts of Jesus and Mary. And thank you so much for those of you who were praying for me and who were fasting for me and offering up penances. It was probably the best retreat of my life. Uh, It was so, so good, so good, so good. The devil hates it because God's so good, so good, so good. God is so, 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 so good to me. He was so good to me. It began with, and I'll probably be sharing the fruits of the graces from the retreat for a long time coming, but I'll just begin with the beginning of the retreat. It began with me and Jesus in the chapel together and I, I share with the Lord, I just desire to to persevere in my friendship with him. He's my best friend, um, and, and really, he's my best friend, and I want to persevere in that, that friendship. So when I told him that, I perceived him say to me, well, Josh, do you love me? And, and as he said it, I perceived him say, do you love me with the friendship love? And I said, God, you know I love you with the friendship love like Peter did in John 21. And then I perceived him say, well, Josh, but do you love me with the best friendship love? And not just a friendship love, but like a best friendship love. And even though I say he's my best friend, I had to be honest with him. And I had to tell him, Jesus, theoretically, I love you that way. But in my actions, I don't always treat you like my best friend. And so um, that's where it began. It began with him inviting me to go deeper. I I know the Lord already, but there's always more I can know about the one who my heart loves. I'm friends with Jesus, but... There's always a deeper friendship. And so he just invited me into his life and the gospels and to really focus on everything about him, like to, to share everything with him and to listen to him share everything with me. And it was absolutely amazing. So good. And so uh I'll stop right there. So cause there I mean like literally that's just like the tip of the surface. The places that he and I went together on this eight day silent retreat. I will be soaking in the graces for a long time coming. So feedback, feedback. We have that coming from Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel writes this. Hey, Father Josh, we've never met, but I've been a big fan since I first heard about you in 2015. For the last couple of years, you have been there to guide and accompany me through life, military deployments, the pandemic, becoming an uncle to four nieces and one nephew. And now as I prepare to marry my fiance in a few months, thank you for the show. Thank you for your prayers, and thanks be to God, Gabriel. Well, Gabriel, thank you for walking with me for the past uh, few years. I will offer Mass for you today, and so there will be a Mass that is said for you and for your fiancé as y'all continue to prepare for the Holy Sacrament of of Matrimony. Uh, What a gift. What a beautiful gift. Speaking of gifts, let's go ahead and jump into today's show. First question comes in from Zach, and it is about accompanying the dying. Zach writes this. Hey, Father Josh, my grandmother recently passed away, and as she was on her deathbed, I held her hand and prayed a chaplet of the divine mercy and also earlier said a rosary. Aside from seeking a priest to administer last rites, what sort of praying or other actions can we do for a person who is on the brink of death? Thanks in advance for all you do to provide some awesome Catholic continuing education, Zach. Zach. You did everything right. Praise be Jesus Christ. You are such a good grandson. Your grandmother is so grateful for you. And I say that because she's not dead. She's alive in Christ. Jesus says in the gospels, nothing will separate you from my love, not even death. And so the the, the holy souls, the saints are still alive in Christ. So she received the the last rites. She received absolution. She received uh, the anointing. She received the, the sacrament. So that's the most important thing. That's what we call a happy death. You know, in the Catholic Church, many of us pray to St. Joseph and we ask him to intercede for us to have a happy death. And a happy death is not a death without pain or suffering. A happy death uh, is a holy death. And a holy death is a death united to Jesus Christ in the sacraments. And so your grandmother died in union and communion with Jesus Christ in the sacraments because your family provided a priest for her to receive the, the last rites. So first and foremost, praise be Jesus Christ. What a gift! What a gift that you were able to be a bridge for her to experience salvation in Jesus Christ through the sacraments that He's given His Church. Also, as far as the prayers that you said, you recited the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Amen, brother. Amen. That is such a good prayer. the The, the prayers that we recite for our loved ones, uh, they, they they can apply to our loved ones outside of time. So. Jacinta, Francesco Lucia prayed for John Paul II before he was even born. They were invited by the Blessed Mother to pray for him in 1917. He was not born until 1919, and he became Pope in 1979. But they literally saw him in a vision, a man who hadn't been born yet, but who would be born at some point, who would become the Pope, and they began to pray and fast for him. The rosary is what they prayed, and they fasted, and they offered their sacrifices, and God applied their prayers and penances to Pope John Paul II whenever he was shot in 1981 by the assassin and miraculously the bullet missed all of his vital organs because of the graces from their prayers that were applied to the future but also our our prayers can affect the past that's why we pray the divine mercy chaplet God could take those prayers and so even today you can still pray for your grandmother that she receives those graces because God can apply those prayers outside of time which might be the reason why she was able to receive the sacraments because God applied those graces from your prayers to inspire the priest to make sure he got there on time to administer the sacraments. you know, John 17 is one of my favorite scriptures, and I I pray with it a lot on my solemn retreat. But one of the beautiful things that Mother Adela helped me to see a number of years ago on my solemn retreat that I did with her about five years ago uh, was that John 17 is obviously the prayer of Jesus right before he he entered into his own death and his passion uh, and his resurrection. But it, it could also potentially be a prayer that Joseph would have recited some of it not word for word but a lot of it like jesus said father i have accomplished the work that you gave me to do joseph on his deathbed when he was surrounded by the blessed virgin mary and jesus christ could have said the same thing father i've accomplished the work that you gave me to do i guarded them i protected them right and like those are the things that you know it's, it's like a prayer of accountability um and so what i do uh at times when i feel so inspired by the holy spirit is to read john 17 next to the bed of a person who is dying, uh, a person who who did the work of God while they were on earth. And so it's like me as the body of Christ being an extension of them reciting this prayer to the father on their behalf. Uh, So I would say you did everything right. I mean, there's a huge battle for the soul happening whenever a person is close to death, the devil is real. And so all of hell unleashes everything it can because Satan wants for people, us to um, despair. He wants us to lose hope. He wants us to take our eyes off of Jesus and fix them onto him. And so even to the very last minute, he's assaulting us. And so it's important for, for, the, for the very, up to the last minute, for us to also be guarding our loved ones and praying for our loved ones and fasting for our loved ones and fighting for our loved ones that they will persevere in their relationship with Jesus and abide in communion with God on earth and therefore remain in communion with God in heaven. So Zach, you did everything and more what you were supposed to do And so I praise God for you. I praise God for you. Thank you so much for being a faithful servant. So yeah, because of your prayers and because of your family making sure the priest was there to administer the sacraments, we can have a certain hope that your grandmother will experience the beatific vision and that she will spend eternity gazing at the goodness of our Lord. But with that being said, what we believe and hope for, for your grandmother, gazing at the face of our Lord for all eternity is something that we can begin now on earth. So our next question comes in from anonymous anonymous says how to pray a holy hour. Hey, father Josh. I love the podcast. It's helped me to learn so much about my faith and to grow greatly in it. I go to a holy hour every Tuesday and it's amazing sitting with Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Isn't it so great? I think sometimes we, we forget how good it is. Like we have God in the Eucharist and we get to sit in the presence of Jesus. And how many times do we just ignore the Lord? I remember when I was in the Holy land one thing that pierced my heart was seeing people go to these different sites in their pilgrimage and like walking right past the tabernacles and the red lamp, sanctuary lamp was lit and they would walk right past the, him, Jesus in the Eucharist and go straight to the site where we honor what he did two thousand dozen years ago but yet we neglect him today. Ah, uh, we need to visit Jesus in the Eucharist. The more attentive we could be to the Lord and the Blessed Sacrament, the more attentive we can open ourselves up to being to him and his people who are marginalized and disenfranchised and suffering and poor and ah, uh, Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so back to your question. But sometimes I find myself distracted. (laughs) So Look, clearly, so do I. Or not fully there with Jesus, and I don't make a great holy hour. Sometimes there's music, and other times I would either pray a rosary or a litany or maybe read. Nothing stands out as what's best for me. Do you have any advice on how I can make a better holy hour and become closer to Jesus in the Eucharist? Anonymous. Yeah, that's a great question. It is true we can be in the presence of God and not be present to God. All right? Does that make sense? We're in the presence of God, but we're not being present to God. As I was praying for you, Anonymous, I was drawn to the scripture and the gospel of Matthew where Jesus invited Peter and James and John with them into the garden of Gethsemane. And he asked them to sit, to watch him, to remain with them and to pray. They were in his presence. They were in the presence of the body of Christ, like we are in the presence of the body of Christ when we're in Eucharistic adoration. They were in the presence of the body and blood of Christ as we are. And yet they chose to sleep. They chose to daydream. They chose to be inattentive to Jesus's body in the blessed sacrament. So what can we do to not imitate them? Because he chastised them. He said, what are you doing? I get it. Like, there are times where we're going to fall asleep because we're exhausted. And like as long as that that wasn't our intention of going to adoration, like, you don't go to sleep. But if you do fall asleep, sometimes you're resting in the spirit. Sometimes the Lord wants you to do that, right? Um, we always go before the Lord and say, Father, what is best? What do you desire? And then if we don't have any clarity on what the Father desires, then we come up with a plan. Always open to the Holy Spirit redirecting that plan when we get there. But it's good to have a plan. That way we are aware. So what can we do to avoid some distractions? Well, one distraction might be your phone. Make sure your phone is off, is silent on airplane mode or do not disturb or in your car for that one hour. Where are you sitting at? If you're sitting behind people, you might be easily distracted. Uh, You can sit Uh, in the front of the chapel. If you sit in the back, you might be distracted by other people in their prayer. Um, You might be looking at them and wondering how their prayer is going. And Jesus is like, look at me. Pay attention to how the posture you're in. Jesus Christ prayed standing, sitting, kneeling, and lying prostrate. So does standing work best for you? Does sitting work best for you? Does kneeling work best for you? Does lying prostrate on the floor work best for you? Find out the posture that works best for you as well when you're in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. And then finally, what do you do when you're with Jesus? Well, maybe you might be invited by the Holy spirit to do Lectio Divina and bring a journal with you. That way you could be attentive to who you're talking to and what you're talking about. St. Teresa of Avila says prayer is not prayer. If we don't know who we're talking to and what we're talking about. So when you go to talk to Jesus, bring either the scripture or your rosary or music. If you bring music, make sure it's on headphones that nobody else can hear uh, because you don't want to disturb other people. But, Right, Lexi divina is you you listen, but you read. What does the text say? You read. What does the lyrics of the song say? The mystery of the rosary. You Read the passive scripture of that particular decade of the rosary. Meditate. What is it saying to me? After you meditate on what it says to you, talk to God in the Eucharist. Look at Him as you talk to Him in the Eucharist. Share with Him spontaneously from your heart. Write down what is saying to you. That way, you are attentive. That's vocal prayer. So you don't want to necessarily pray out loud unless you're by yourself. But if you're with other people, start writing down. What you're saying to Jesus that way, you're uh, attentive to the conversation with the Lord um, based on the, the the rosary mystery or the song or the scripture passage, and then sit with Jesus in silence and look at Him and let Him look at you and adore Him as He as He delights in you. Uh, and then and then what we do is is we pay attention to like is this where God wants me to stay right now and just gazing at Him, or does God want me to go listen to His Word again? Does God want me to listen to the song again to hear Him speak to me through that song or through my imagination uh, or through the the, the rosary uh, that I'm praying? And so that way, it, I think it would help you to be more attentive to the, to the Lord. The, the goal is to be attentive to, to Jesus, right? And and so for an hour, to remain with him for an hour. And if you drift off, like just drift back. And and pay attention to why you, when you do drift off and get distracted, what's distracting you and bring it to the Lord. Hey, God, this is coming up in my mind a lot. And it only comes up when I'm in silence, when I'm before the Blessed Sacrament. Are you trying to communicate to me through this? If not, I'll pray Hail Mary, and I'll pray for them later. I'll pray for you later. I'll be attentive to you now. But if it is something that you want me to sit with, then I'm I'm with you right now, God. Like, take me there. Take me there. I want to go there. Take me there. Let's go there. Take me to that special place. That's from the Rugrats movie back in the early 19, no, maybe nineteen eighty eight. maybe, the Rugrats movie. Yeah. mm All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to
1: dive into our final question about Vanity of Vanities. Wouldn't it be nice to have a Bible that actually explains how to navigate it and make sense of it? A Bible that includes a detailed plan for how to read it with a page layout that's designed for study and personal devotion. Now, for the first time ever, there is a Catholic Bible that does just that. A Bible that incorporates the same color-coded learning system that has proven so effective in the Great Adventure studies. I have had the privilege of working with some of the most talented biblical scholars of our day, Mary Healy, Andrew Swafford, and Peter Williamson, to create the Great Adventure Catholic Bible. This Bible makes the complex simple as it guides you through the narrative woven throughout salvation history. The translation is the Revised Standard Version, Second Catholic Edition an elegant, accurate, and modern Catholic translation. The Great Adventure Catholic Bible is perfect for your personal devotion and Bible study, or as a gift for friends and family. If you want to understand sacred scripture and be transformed by the Word of God, then this is the Bible for you. Pick up your copy at ascensionpress.com. And we're back. Quick
0: reminder, you gave me up with your own questions at www.ascensionpress.com slash Father Josh A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. That helps other people to find out about the show. If it's been helpful for you, potentially it could be helpful for them as well. And you can share us on your social media pages also. Last question comes in from Anonymous, and it's about vanity. I know that it is wrong to be vain and I care too much for one's appearance. However, God gave us bodies and we should take care of them. When does basic taking care of oneself turn into vanity? Is it a sin to want to look good, wear nice clothes and wear jewelry, etc.? Anonymous. Yeah, so it is not a sin to want to look presentable, to want to look decent, to want to look your best. It's not a sin to wear nice clothes. It's not a sin to have jewelry. I think it's important for us to define the terms we're talking about. What is vanity? All right? Vanity is whenever we... We put the esteem of other people first. This is why it's wrong. You and I are the body of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ did not put the esteem of other people first. Jesus' priority was God the Father. Everything in the life of Christ was about the Father. Listen to how he prayed in Scripture. He always talked to the Father. He consulted the Father. He reported to the Father. He requested of the Father. He listened to the Father. He praised and thanked the Father. Everything was about the Father. When he listens to the Father, what did the Father say to him? Because what the Father says to Jesus, the Father says to the body of Jesus Christ, you and I. The Father said, you are my beloved son. I delight in you. I'm well pleased with you. That is is all that mattered to Jesus, the Father's delight. The Father delights in me. The Father's delight dictated every decision Jesus Christ made, not the delight of the apostles, not the delight of Mary and Martha, not the delight of Lazarus, not the delight of the scribes, Pharisees, or Sadducees, not the delight of the woman at the well, not the delight of anybody else, no matter how good they were, how holy they were, how much they liked him, how much they appreciated him, how much time he spent with them. It was the Father's delight that he was rooted in Matthew chapter five says, blessed are the poor in spirit, the poor in spirit of people who are rooted in God being sufficient. God is enough for Jesus. The father's delight was enough. He didn't need the father's delight and this X, Y, or Z it was just the father's delight. And the, the same is the case for us. That's the goal of the spiritual life is for us to be drawn to that place where we believe in our heart and our mind that the father's delight in us is all that we need is all that we are concerned with. Now with that being said, it's good to look presentable, Right. But if my decision to be presentable, uh, to look good, is because of the opinions of others, what are they going to think about me? Are they going to like me more? How are they going to respond to me? If it's based on that, if I'm allowing their opinions to dictate my choices and how I look, what jewelry I wear, what clothes I buy, then that's problematic. I should pick my jewelry and my clothes and my appearance should be dictated by the Father's delight in me. Because the Father delights in me, I want to look good because I represent him. Because I can be a bridge for other people to come to him. That's why I want to look good is because of him. It's all about him ultimately, right? Not about me having other people being like, dang, you look good. Like I really want to be your friend now because of the way that you appear to be. Other people should not dictate our choices. A person of integrity is free. It's free to make their choices themselves. I want to look good because I like to look good, period. And I know that by me looking good, I can draw people to Jesus. Like that should be your your point of reference. Not I want to look good so that more people would want to hang out with me. Now obviously, like you you need to be decent, right? You don't 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 go around like John the Baptist unless the father tells you to, because if you stink and you smell bad and you look dirty, then you might be a barrier for people. They might be like, Is that what a Catholic is? Catholics don't brush their teeth, Catholics don't put on deodorant. I don't want to be around somebody like that. Uh <laughs> so you wanna be presentable for the kingdom of God. But vanity would be where you're putting the esteem of other people first before the father's delight before you doing it just because you want to do it. It's, I'm I'm making my decisions based off other people. This was Saint Teresa of Avila's vice for 20 years. She's a doctor of the church, she's a canonized saint, but as a nun, she struggled for 20 years with being more concerned with people than she was with the father's delight. And finally after cultivating humility, um she finally was able to find freedom from that. So, yeah, that's that. All right, I, um, I think that's a good place to, to end the show. So with that being said, Let's go ahead and pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, you are good. Jesus, you are sufficient. Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, we thank you for calling us. Thank you, Father, for choosing us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you strengthen us, and that you you convict us, and that you inspire us, and you motivate us so that we can this desire all the more to abide in communion with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on earth as it is in heaven. Saints of God, pray for us that we can persevere in this most important fundamental relationship that we've been created for. God, you really are good. And God, you really are enough. And God, we really do believe it. We ask this prayer, Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. All right, y'all. God bless. I will see you next week.